Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, it's a beautiful day for a bullfight, and it's an even more beautiful day for Mole Patrol. It's Mole Patrol. It's the Mole Podcast here on Reality TV. We're half-ups. It's a spoiler-free rewatch of the Mole, and for me, a first watch of the Mole, and for some of you, a first watch of the Mole, and for others of you, a rewatch of the Mole, and others of you include my two wonderful co-hosts who are trying to get that Trienta, uh, or Tienta, I believe it is, Jessica Lee's. Jess, what's up? Ole. <laughs> and Brooklyn Zed, how are you doing? Hola, I'm good. Uh, I started there rather than you two just lumbering up to the podcast with ball of ch- ball and chain in hand, uh, green hair just flowing through the breeze. Though so that is, of course, the mental image that I have, and it is it is the best mental image that one can have. I do appreciate that we picked these display names independently of each other, both taking stances on doing tasks that happen (laughs) in the episode. For for those who can't see, unless you're a $4,500 patron, we're starting pretty low on our patron tiers for now, who can see the video feeds. Uh, Brooklyn Zed, uh, they have come in as their their screen name is Shaved Head slash Dye Hair. Yes, would do both. Have done both. Have done both. Uh, and for Jessica Lee, it is no, I am not doing your laundry. I'm just Wiggler. <laughs> it's like the first week you haven't had something relevant That's up there. True. It's just me. It's just me. Um, so I, I think I'm ready to to take a stand on something. You ready? This is Ooh, a, yes, this please. is my this is my hot take. The Mole is the best TV show of 2020. Uh, <laughs> this is the best this is the best uh and my my next hottest take i guess would be that uh kate is the greatest uh television character in reality tv history welcome to the island that i've been living on since 2000 um kate rolling up with green hair two casts on uh, on both legs holding a ball and chain and having just come off of a nude portrait shoot is the look of the decade of the century, even at this point, certainly of 2020. This is now a uh, Kate Stan podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
100%. If you do not stand, Kate, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to know you. I want you out of here. Uh, I think the bigger offense to me would, uh, I would rather you spoil the mole for me than to not stand Kate. But don't um, spoil the mole. Do not yes. spoil the mole for me. You've all been so super cool so far. Please keep your spoilies out of my mentions. Please do go ahead and spoil the bejesus out of both Zed and Jess. And you can do so by writing in mole patrol at robhasawebsite.com is our feedback channel. That's a direct pipeline to Zed and Jess. Of course, we're all on the Twitter bots to varying degrees. Zed is at Hard Rock Hope. Jess is at Haymaker Hattie. I am at Round Howard. Find me when I'm there. Um, oh my God, episode three. I had one of the biggest reactions to television I've ever had today watching this episode with Kate lumbering forward with, <laughs> with green hair and two casts and a gigantic ball and chain in her hands was uh the sight of the sight of uh, of uh, unbelievable it was like an angel descending upon earth <laughs> it's true and josh i was really worried in retrospect i was thinking about our preview podcast before you watched any of the mole in which we talked a little bit about the different cast members and i recall saying kate is one of my all-time favorite reality contestants she is amazing and you're going to love her and then i thought Oh man, that's going to really lessen the impact of what he's about to see in episode three. No, not at all. <laughs> the, good, the good news about my brain and how like time travel addled it's become over the years is that it's not just Swiss cheese for details where I, where I can't like hang on to the details of a show anymore. Oftentimes my own takes that I give on a podcast. I don't remember saying any of that stuff. Uh, I don't remember you saying that Kate was one of the greatest TV characters of all time. So this was just a total surprise, a total blindside. I was enjoying Kate and certainly taking Kate's side in the Charlie versus Kate wars. Charlie can go, uh, go get railed by a bull for all <laughs> I care. You know, like send the bulls after Charlie for sure, especially after this. And after like Kate shows up and is so decisively the coolest person on the team. And Charlie's like, oh, Kate's actually pretty cool. It's too late, Charlie. You're off. You're off. Bandwagon fan. Yeah, it's too late. You should have gotten in when everyone knew Kate was cool. And now that we decisively know Kate's the best, you can't just show up and be a Kate stan. Uh, but yeah, no, you didn't say anything that lessened my impact of, of the moment before, before we came on. And indeed, just before you hopped on the horn, I was, uh, Zed, I was telling you the story of how I watched this episode where there's been like an air conditioning thing in our building, in our apartment building. And so people have like been coming in and out of, uh, apartment units to fix things up. And, uh, I was watching the mole as it was happening. And I got to the scene where Kate shows up with the ball and chain in her hands. And it's just the silhouette of her. Like she's like the Batman of Seville. Uh, and we, and I howled uh, listener. When I tell you, I screamed, <laughs> I screamed so loud with such a huge laugh that Emily like ran in the room. She's like, what are you, what's going on? What are you doing? It's like, I can't help it. And this is all joy. Everyone's okay. This is the best. Favorite TV moment in a long time, Jessica. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my maybe my one of my top five reality show moments, and at least two of those moments would be from the mole. One is from next season. We'll get there, and <laughs> one of them is absolutely this. Yeah, and it's funny. We'll when we get to this chronologically as we talk about the episode, 
I remembered it being bigger than this and more epic. And I was worried that I might have oversold no, it. But no. I am glad that this is still the reaction. As an, as an unspoiled first watch, uh, you know, look at, at superhero Kate with green hair, like, she, like she's been dipped into the acid bath that turned the Joker into the Joker. Uh, it was just remarkable. Uh, nothing quite like it. Um, I would fit uh, a thousand Anderson Coopers eating a baguette into the the big hole of love that I have for this scene. <laughs> it was it it was it, it, it's my favorite thing that's happened on the mole so far, and it's not even close. It is it is so elite that it is like above. Uh, it, it would it would potentially hit on like my top ten Survivor moments of all time. Was how much I loved this moment. It was just the best. It was the the really best. the really sad thing is that you're. It, it is the best moment of the season and it's not close. And I can't now, imagine how they can top this. Now we have six more episodes to cover and yeah. it may feel like a little bit of a letdown because no. it doesn't get bigger from here. No, I cut because how can it, how, how can it? And, and what this does though, is it gives us uh, I have to imagine it, it gives us this common language now that we can speak that this, these are the heights that this show is capable of. And I think every single moment moving forward, I will just be taking it all in with additional levels of respect. Because Zed, even beyond that, this episode bops. This episode is a bop that slaps. This episode has the bullfight. The bullfight is crazy. They threw bulls at these people. Yeah, that's no joke. <laughs> like, they sicked the bulls on them. And they're like, oh, by the way, you get extra money if you tackle the bulls, you novices. Tackle the bulls. It's wild to me that they took something that is a profession that people are highly trained to do. And they're like, yeah, okay, you can just do this also and it'll be fine. You know, every week they do, you know, at the end of the show, they tell you like all of the things, like they're trying to be very cards up. Like we're the fairest reality show that's ever lived. We want to be very straight with you about what it is we're doing and what we've fudged around. Uh, And so this is what it says at the end of the episode. Gameplay has been stop. Edited for time. Stop. Dice close-ups. Stop. Have been inserted. Stop. None of these. Stop. Affected the outcome. End. So nothing was was fudged with, with like, there was no, like, secret bonus day of bullfight training? They literally just <laughs> threw them into it? Yeah, this is something, I'm sure it came up on, like, in, like, board meetings while they're planning amazing race courses. And I'm sure everybody sat there like, no, we can't make people do this. This is way too dangerous. Yeah. And indeed, like they have had, they've had some really BS bullfighting challenges on the Amazing Race where it's like, oh no, you have to put your, you have to put on an inflatable bull suit or you have to go find a bullfighter quote, nothing involving a real bull coming at your real face. No. It was crazy. That was insane. On top of all of that, this episode also has, Poor Wendy stuck in the stockade getting uh, <laughs> executed. Uh, so, like, this is just a great episode of television. Um, the mole has not let me down even a tiny bit yet. And uh, I, I think I can cleanly say so far, episode three of the mole, um, high point of the experience so far. So a lot that I want to get into. We didn't even talk about the laundry, all the laundry that's going to happen here. Uh, so just a just a great episode. Now, uh, I mentioned before, Mole Patrol at Rob has a website dot com is your best channel to send your feedback in. And many of you did send feedback 
in uh, that Jessica Lee's Jess, you say uh, some of this feedback would be best read before we start launching into dissecting this specific episode. Yeah, I think my feelings on how we structure this are that when people ask questions about general game mechanics, we should read those up front. And also, if somebody has something specific to our coverage of the previous episode, I feel like that also falls into the bucket of let's talk about it before we dive into the bullfighting ring, as it were. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, start us off with uh, a little piece of trivia from last week. And we get a lot of these. I am excited for the passion that all of you have for the mole in its various international forms. And I think it's great to get little tidbits of information like this because it is highly unlikely that we are going to live long enough to see every international edition of every TV show. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. So yeah. it's nice that many of you have. So I've only ever seen American Mole. And I know that's a deficiency as a mole podcaster, but I'm relying on the rest of you to fill this in. So I wanted to read this this email we got from Ryan Chan. Well, this will who, be great though someday when Mole Patrol, like when we when we sell this podcast, right? When we rip it off of uh, the Rehap Up Network, sell our souls, and cash in on three billion dollar deals to to do Mole Patrol on a bigger scale. And none of us have seen the international mole at that point, so we're all going to be in the Wiggler seat. It's going to be a great podcast. Oh, I'm very much looking forward to it. Like when we find a wealthy patron who's willing mm-hmm. to bankroll all three of us to do nothing but mole podcasts, yeah. I will absolutely watch every single international edition of the mole. Yeah. And, you know, I will I will petition the networks to make more. Yeah. Sanderson so, Cooper. Anderson Cooper will be that backer. At that point, yeah. Anderson Cooper can pay us to do international yeah. mole seasons, I'm which ready. yeah, this is a universe I'll live in. That's the that's the brightest timeline. So I'll probably getting, still be unemployed at that point. So I'll have. Yeah, but, but not I. anymore. Not anymore at that point. At that point, New, we're going to be three of the biggest influencers on the planet, let alone in the mole. Yeah. It's yeah. Gonna be great. It's going to be great. Mole patrol will go from dozens to millions. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Okay. So we got this email from Ryan Chan that I wanted to read just because I feel like this is something that Josh would really enjoy. So this is, relates to the cornfield maze from last week. And he says, in terms of the questions you guys have. Remember the cornfield maze? Remember the cornfield maze? <laughs> With the temple when, guards? When all the temple guards destroyed? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It gets better. It gets better. Okay. <laughs> in terms of the questions you guys had about the difficulty of the cornfield maze, a lot of the international versions have done the cornfield maze or variant versions of them. There is at least one situation in which the team had successfully passed the cornfield maze. And a couple of people pointed out they do something similar in Celebrity Mole US. Um, so we have that to look forward to. I think there are luchadors and mariachi band in the maze with them. So that'll be fun. So Ryan says, this is my favorite part. There is a crazy version. I think it was one of the Belgian Dutch ones where they actually had ostriches running inside the maze chasing the contestants. It is hilarious <laughs> and kind of terrifying. Why? Now, I have some questions, but I'll try and limit it just to the one. What if you catch one of the ostriches? Let's, <laughs> let's say you pull a tienta on one of the ostriches. You wrestle. Have you, have, you ever, have you ever been near an ostrich? You wrestle the ostrich to the ground, and then you ride the ostrich out of the maze. Does it count as the ostrich finding you because you've made first contact with the ostrich? Like in Joust? 
I guess. <laughs> I guess it's sort of like a joust. It's more like a chocobo race. It's very Final Fantasy. Yeah. It's like, you're just like racing out of the maze on the back of an ostrich. Is that something you could do? <laughs> Josh, I, I think it is. I don't know if theoretically it is something one could do, but I know for a fact that no ostrich alive would let you do that, and you might actually die if you tried it. I'd like to meet, I bet we could meet the one. The one ostrich that would be on board with this. It's like, Ostriches you know are mean. The they ostrich mean. is like, you guys got Stay that fast. Anderson Cooper mole podcast money? All right. Okay. Hop on. <laughs> Hop on. Okay, if Anderson Cooper wants to pay one off to be nice to us, maybe. But That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, um, I don't think so. Why was a pack of wild ostriches unleashed in the cornfield maze? Because it's the mole. I mean, why were bulls running into people and yeah, knocking I them guess, over? I guess. I guess I need to check my notions of what the mole can be. The bullfight really should have uh, bulldozed. I mean, a lot of the things that were even like the very uncomfortable situations, a lot of like my expectations for what the mole uh, is and can be should be should be checked at the door from this point moving forward. Yeah, well, you know, we always say this on the Amazing Race podcast. Uh, try to avoid tasks that involve children and animals. <laughs> well, I guess the International Mole uh, is not listening to door number two. Nope, nor is the U.S. one, as evidenced by this week. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right, so we have a couple of game mechanics questions that I wanted to get to, um, and I thought it, they were better served at the top of the podcast. So Kevin Kretzer wants to know, I would be curious to know from Josh, if he thinks it would be more satisfying for him to be right about who the mole is at the end, or more satisfying for him to be stumped and have a how did this happen reaction? Good question. Um, I gotta say that so far, I'm just sort of like washed up in like the glorious entertainment of the mole, more so than I'm very concerned about which one of you is the mole. I think that especially if the people who are who are left, and we're left with eight people at this point, I feel like any one of them being the mole, or maybe seven people at this point, I think. Um, seven after this yeah. episode is completed, yeah. Yeah. Well, now I, I feel like I, I am now starting to like know them decently well. And so just about any single one of them being the mole could be very satisfying to me at this point. So what I'm rooting for most is not being correct in ascertaining who is the mole. That is not like... Uh, that is not important to my enjoyment of the show and more um, the quality of the reveal. Uh, what Once we get to start talking about that openly and like you guys being able to like kind of fill me in on um, things that I was missing along the way, what kinds of aha moments are there going to be in our inevitable, you know, season one feedback show and everything like that. Um, that is the stuff that I'm going to care about more. Um, and I have a, a feeling that the show won't let me down in that regard. If like, if that's my expectation, that I think I'm in a good spot right now, um, because I have I have in my mind who I think it is. Um, and if I'm if I'm wrong, and I and it's really like more of a gut instinct thing right now than any real um, major uh, su like super clues that are pointing me in the direction of one person. Um, then I think I'm going to be happy. Like if there's a world in which, again, I'm not looking at the screen, so make whatever facial reactions you want. Like if it's if it's crazy grumpy Charlie, that's going to be really funny. Uh, if it's if it's Henry who's just like sort of like nakedly being like, I might be the mole, mwahaha. Like that could be really good. Um, if it's Kate after all of this, then Kate is the GOAT reality TV contestant <laughs> of all time. Uh, so, you know, there, there are a lot of possibilities here. Like Jim is sort of little finger-ish. If he's the guy, 
Um, and I'll, I'll just say up front who I think I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Catherine has been who I've been suspecting for a good little while now. She just sort of like exudes uh, big bowl energy to me. Uh, so, like, uh, but I, I think I could be happy with just about anybody. I think I could be happy with just about anybody. And it's really about uh, once, once you both are able to sort of guide me through how the dots are connected, I think um, that will be uh, so no pressure on you two. But actually, my enjoyment of the mole reveal will very much hinge upon your ability to sell me on uh, the satisfaction of the mole. Okay, that's fair, Josh. And yeah. I want to ask you, without being too spoilery, yes, there is a point ahead where I would love to tell you who I thought was the mole at a certain point, and I was wrong. And yeah. when this person gets eliminated, do you want me to tell you about this, or do you think it will? give away too much interesting question do we have to deal with that right now no yeah i didn't think wendy was the bull yeah yeah um man poor wendy goes home in a stockade basically um (laughs) poor wendy uh yeah you know what i think i i think i probably do want to know um when that person is eliminated and uh, you can walk me through why you thought that person was the mole. That might activate some thinking for me in terms of what I should be looking at more closely. Um, right. But right now, I'm really here for the balls and chains. That's, that's <laughs> it's turning out that that is the reason that I'm loving this show as much as I am. Yeah, it's they really give them a lot of really great things to do that yeah. contribute to your enjoyment of the like show. The, the editing of it and like sort of like the the high drama and ridiculousness of it and definitely the Andy Coops factor is enormous. So, uh it'll be tough shoes to fill should we move past the Anderson Cooper era. Yes. Um so I wanted to have one final question that is just a general mole game design question that a couple of different people wondered. Um so I want to give a shout out to Emily and also to Nick Light who both contacted us asking um if we can please clarify what incentive the mole has to sabotage the show. So the winner is going to yes. get however much money everybody racks up, but they suggested should the mole get the funds that don't go into the group pot? Well, so what does the mole get? Does the mole get a prize for uh, making it to the end unidentified? Is that something that's in play? I actually, I I appreciate this question because I think for me, and it was something that was on my mind today when I was watching the show, is I don't know if the stakes involved for the mole are terribly clear to me. It's true. and But the problem is that you don't really... You can't really determine that the mole has gone detected or undetected because there are points when somebody could have the mole pegged and then change their mind. And like at the very end, they take a quiz and clearly somebody knows who the mole is and somebody, you know, everybody by the end is probably pretty sure of who the mole is. Um, And I would guess that, you know, I've heard it. I've heard it implied that like the mole is taking money out of the pot, but I think, I think the mole's incentive is just to be a good mole. It's its own reward. And you also, the mole does get a stipend. By yeah. The end. Better. So, I mean, mole is on the team. 
you get money no matter what. I feel like being the mole would be the sweetest gig. Because you get to stay the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I think the language they use on the show, I can't remember if it's just at the end or throughout, is like the satisfaction of a job well done. (laughs) Is there there a big reward for all of these trials and tribulations that they have gone through over the course of these many weeks? Um, By the next season, I think they'll say, you know, however many people, $1 million, 10 weeks or whatever it is. but they're not people have asked specifically like how does the mole win and that's not really the way the game is designed the mole does not win the mole just does the best they can throughout the whole time and then someone else inevitably just statistically will win because of the way the game is structured but the The mole is itself a a a portion of the game it's a it's a game piece it's like an npc exactly i was about to say that yeah but the mole wants to get paid. Uh, I feel like uh, whoever ends up being the mole, they better have a good agent who's getting them endorsement deals after this. Uh, just you get the you got you're the mole. You got branding, you know, especially at that time. Uh, but I get I guess the fact that I don't know who any of these people are suggests that uh, that. That mole advertising didn't. Well, really on that note, a, in a different season, as several folks have reached out to tell us, the person who is the mole then wrote a book about, from their perspective of Dope. being the mole. Yo, mole book club, what's up? I, I'm going to have to find this book and read it yeah. before season two. Yeah, that's fine. clearly that's cool. Um, all right, is that it for feedback? Should we start talking about bullfights and everything? Yeah, let's let's proceed to the bullfight uh, on the long dirt road. Because this, epi- this episode is crazy, and once again, I am just taken aback by uh, what you know. We're two episodes in a row now of this incredible intro sequence with Anderson Cooper, many Anderson Coopers, the Andersons Cooper uh, to make Dom and Colin happy, uh, crossing their arms in their you know head to toe black leather spy look. Uh, among them, a saboteur, a traitor, the mole. Uh, it's just the best. Uh, one of the greatest show opens of all time. Um, we get some people like weighing in on what happened to, to Afi. Uh, like we start with Charlie, who seems like very contemplative with a confessional of Charlie, just like seeming like very tired and exhausted. And at first I think like he is about to explain like Afi was the best and I'm so sad to see her gone. And instead he's just like, oh, I'm glad it's not me. Frickin' Charlie. Frickin' Charlie. There's some people who would have rather seen other people go. Jennifer, uh, uh, was sad to lose Afi. She would have rather seen Henry go. Um, and then Steven gets this weird confessional to, to close out this first portion where he goes, what do I know? I'm just a simpleton here trying to get through <laughs> one round at a time. I love that. Like they're, they're really leaning into it with Steven that he is like the bimbo of the crew. Well, he looks like he's straight out of a boy band. I think it tracks. It really does. It really does. Uh, this will be like a thing that you can go back to if Steven is the mole. I think so far, if, if Steven is the mole, there is a very fun behind the scenes uh, package to like put together. <laughs> uh, I, I shouldn't be talking about Steven's behind the scenes package. I know that's a sensitive. Whoa. Uh, sensitive, sensitive. He doesn't history. want anybody to know. No, about we don't that. want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about it. I want to respect his wishes here. Uh, all right. Peace out, France. We're going to Spain, Seville, beaches, bullfights. That's it. That's all that Spain is known for. Be- beaches and bullfights. Uh, according to uh, to to what we hear about, beaches, bullfights, and bonfires. 
Um, you know, one of the great joys of doing the Killing Eve podcast that Jess and I did over at Post Show Recaps that three of you listened to was that I was, was one of them. It was so two of, that <laughs> two, two of you, you. <laughs> that, two, that two of you listened to. Uh, that it was effectively a travel show, right? It's a spy show that moonlights as a travel show. Um, the mole is is scratching a similar itch for me, where like I went to Spain when I was a kid. I haven't been to Spain since I was in my single dig. Man, I want to go to Spain. Spain looks so cool. They're like eating charcuterie boards at some point in this episode. The whole thing just seems spectacular. Uh, yeah, the best food of my entire life I had in Spain. Was in Spain. Where in Spain yeah. were you? Barcelona. Yeah, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. I, oh, I could just, I want to go back and I want to go to a bunch of other places in Spain and just eat my way through the whole country. <laughs> yeah, that sounds super, super fun. The search for the mole will resume after a quick word from our sponsors. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now we're back to resume the patrol. Um, apparently, Spain is hot, at least at this time of year. Or maybe Charlie just gets hot easily because uh, we're in the van and we're hearing from Andy Coops is like, Charlie's getting cranky as we see that Charlie's like, Crank up the AC! And I'm not talking about Andy Coops. I'm talking about <laughs> the temperature in the van! Yeah, the other AC comes pre-cranked. Yeah, he's, <laughs> that AC is always cranked up to 25 out of 10. Uh, but here's Charlie being like, I'm so hot. And Kate's like, it's not that bad. Charlie's like, Kate, I hate you so much. Uh, you're the window police. Uh, so look at look at the police uh, assigning police responsibilities and like demonizing the police. Even the cops are against the cops, right? You know, uh, can we can we talk for a second about the fact that he's that according to Kate, he is wearing two sweaters and wants the AC on and the windows down. Yeah, hey, like that's know, that's real police competence, right? There. As someone who is always cold. Like all the time, this drives me crazy. Also, you're always cold. You're wearing a tank top. Put on a sweater. I have a window AC unit, so it's not that cold in my apartment. Sure. But uh, as someone who I studied abroad in Spain, I lived in Madrid for a semester in the fall, which is when they're there. It's either late September or early October by this point in the season. It's not that hot, and it's not humid. And as someone who has come from a humid place having grown up in Chicago and then lived in New York ever since, dry climates are baffling to me, but it was never hot by, by my definition in while Char I lived in Spain. In Charlie's defense, they're moving around a lot, right? Like it's been 10 days or something like this. And they've gone from LA to France now to Spain. And he's in the middle seat. Middle yeah. seat sucks. How did like the tallest person in that car end up 
in the middle seat. Apparently it's good for drama and they know it's the same reason why they do not divide the bands based on body temperature. As for Charlie's request. <laughs> you know, they like must like quiz them in advance of like, so uh, you're a cool guy, hot guy. What's your body temperature like? <laughs> they definitely are dividing that up. So no one's comfortable at any given time. And it's the same reason you see like Henry and Jen sitting next to each other all the time. All the time. They are constantly working together. That's very suspicious. Uh, that is very the moly, 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 moly behavior. Because uh, Jennifer and Henry like should not be hanging out uh, as much as they end up hanging out. But they are hanging out quite a bit. Um, so anyway, Charlie's freaking out. He's not happy that Kate's like not letting him uh, get this this vehicle colder. Uh, that it needs to be. Wendy's not happy about any of this as well. Uh, they go to a lavish hotel in Spain. Uh, luxurious dinner, not a maraschino cherry in sight, unfortunately. Um, no potato cakes. Uh, seems oh like we had God. some pro potato cake supporters on the internet uh, post uh, episode two. So the result of the question is a knish, a potato cake, which actually came from the Facebook group, not even from the podcast. <laughs> yeah. The answer to that question was, what's a knish? Yeah, a lot of people who did know it. Uh, the Jewish delicacy of a knish. Uh, man, disappointing. three New Yorkers over here that are just like... <sighs> I'm still trying to find out if Rob knows what a knish is. Oh, he's, he's from oh, New York. Well, yeah, but he hates food, so hard to <laughs> But a knish is like... You could the default knish is bland. Yeah, he could he could eat that. Right, perfect food for him. It it's really like, would be. It's just yeah. warm, fills your stomach up. Bad food for Charlie. Charlie's like, I only like my food cold. <laughs> cold cuts are bust. And I he want works for the NYPD, so he knows what a knish is. Yeah, Charlie knows what a knish is for sure. And if you don't know what a knish is, it's like it's like a it's like a, a pastry filled with potato, and it's very tasty, super tasty. I miss knishes. I wonder. I wonder how hard they are to make. Um, you could probably make them. I've been doing pretty well with like I things I miss. Make a like, good knish. We made the green sauce from my favorite Peruvian place, no. and then I made paella the other night. Oh, you can make, Spain. You know, if you can make a paella, you can make a knish. It took me four hours, and it yeah, was wonderful. it's a commitment. Oh yeah, it was wonderful. So yeah, maybe I'll attempt knishes next. I was trying. I was going through the episode, and I didn't want to stop down because, like, to rewind on YouTube is to court death. Um, so I really just paused down very quickly and uh, noticed on their plates. Uh, it seemed like they were eating lots of cucumbers and some sort of yellow bun. I don't know what the yellow bun is. Maybe there wasn't a yellow bun, and it was just a flash of color that I saw very quickly. But I, I, I thought I saw cucumbers and yellow buns. Well. Spanish cuisine has a lot of saffron in it, so, so I wouldn't possible. be surprised. It's possible. Um, so there's some questions about, like, so are we going to, like, lose friends during this? Uh, like, there's some like, question about, like, uh, I don't want to lose any friends. Like, you guys are great. Everyone's great. I don't want to lie to anybody. And Jim says, oh, I might be lying to people. It's a parameter that's acceptable in the game. But that doesn't mean I'm not friends with these people. Uh, and Steven is really the one who's like, I don't want to lose any friends. Steven has that mole guilt. Steven's, Steven's the guy who got on, on site in LA and they're like, yo, so you're the mole. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to be the mole. I hope whoever the mole is is a very reluctant mole. I, I really look forward to hearing the journey of, uh, uh, of, is there good behind the scenes intel out there of the mole's perspective on this stuff? I would have to 
dig that up. I'm okay. going to see what I can find. Okay, I'm I'm sure it's out there. I'm 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 excited for it. Uh, and Jennifer's like, look, whoever the mole is, whichever one of you it is, if you get it, if you get it to the point where I can't figure you out, you did your job. Good job. Good job, Steve. it is me and i don't want to talk about it uh all right so later that night they are whisked away in a van anderson's words whisked away in a van secreted to a country location um i hope that anderson cooper is writing his own dialogue uh because it's excellent it's excellent dialogue um they're left on a dirt road where they must wander to an arena where um a bullfighter who is sadly not Anderson Cooper steps into frame. Where okay, I was I was mad about this too. Yes, like they show the feet and then they like pan up to the knees and this I was beautiful so pink cape. And I'm like, why isn't this Andrews? Yeah, it was an, it was an amazing moment though, and this incredible reveal of just like, okay, so this week's episode of the Mole, you are here and strapping in for a ride. Like every <laughs> moment was just like escalation. Uh, and so here is a bullfighter. I don't know what you call bullfight dancing. I don't know. It's just like shadow boxing with his little pink cape thing. Obviously, I'm not super hip to the bullfighting lingo, but he's just like waving it around. I'm like, oh, they're going to throw these people into a bullfighting arena. That's what we're going to do them all. This is very 2000s. Like, this is such a dangerous thing to do. Maybe liability laws were different. (laughs) Maybe they're different in Spain. I don't know. I don't know. And then then they do find Anderson Cooper, who says, it's a beautiful day for a bullfight, don't you think? And then everybody's like, you're seriously going to make me fight a bull? Uh, So it's it's they have one hundred thirty five thousand dollars in the pot right now. This task could be worth up to seventy five thousand dollars, I believe, is what he says. I know that they're eventually going to get the pot up to two hundred K after all of this. So I wasn't quite sure on the math. But it seems like they could get bonus money. So everybody has to pass the test. Everybody has to face two charges from the bull. And the bull has to touch the cape as it goes by you in order to pass the test. And I think, uh, mercifully, Anderson Cooper doesn't say anything about, like, you have to do it very gracefully. (laughs) (laughs) As long as the cape is touching the bull, it counts. Uh, Because there are some, like, very dicey uh, contacts that, uh, that pass the test. Um, but there's additional money if you complete a tienta, yes. which is basically grab the bull by the tail and wrestle it to the ground. I don't know the intricacies of bullfighting either. I have been a vegetarian for over half of my life, so I never went to a bullfight while I lived in Spain because that was too violent for my taste. But no, that is the correct word, evidently. Well, I kept I kept confusing. In my head, I kept hearing Tienda when they Store. said Tienda. And like, okay. <laughs> it's crazy. Like here, you you can earn up to, I think, like 25,000 additional dollars if if five of them complete. A yeah, you get right. $5,000. $5, yeah. Okay, and so three of them are able to, to complete the Tienta, uh, ultimately. The fact that even one of them is able to do the Tienta. Uh, but what like a terrible incentive. Try and wrestle the bull in episode three when we are going to need all of you to be alive. I guess it's I guess it's good that they have uh, somebody who can cast your legs on standby just in case this shit really hits the fan uh, and someone gets wrecked worse than Charlie. 
but I think we should probably get into that. Um, everybody, like, so for me, like, I think I'm out on this one, you know, and I'm not the mole, but like, I'm not going into the bullfighting arena. It's just not happening. I'm, I'm surprised that not a single person is like, yeah, no way. No chance. I'm not fighting a bull. I'm not fighting a bull. No shot. I wouldn't fight a bull. Would you guys fight a bull? They didn't even seem to get a demonstration, really. They literally just like, go fight a bull. Who wants to go first? And Henry, because Henry's just going to throw himself into anything, apparently. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, on the other hand, I would do it if I watched Henry do it a few times. I guess. I guess. Maybe. Maybe. I would not go first, for no, sure. No. Zed, would you fight a bull? Zed, you have a fighting choreography history. Though. I, I do. I have done stage combat for like a decade at this point, but that is wildly different from a, a large animal with horns charging at you. Um, it, it is astounding to me that everybody just did it and that no one got severely injured and that only one person ended up bloody at the end of this. Yeah. And that not more people asked for help, which apparently you could do, because it's Wendy, right? Who's like, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Bullfighter, yeah. can you go stand closer to yeah. me? Wendy's going to enlist the bullfighter to help her out. Um, and uh, she seems like the only one who really gets the assist. Everybody else goes up against the bull one-on-one. Uh, Henry's going to score the first Tienta. Jennifer is going to get the second Tienta. Uh, Stephen will get the third. But in the mix of all of this, in the middle of all of this, Charlie is going to take a stand against the bull and he is just going to get wiped out, knocked out clean. Now, I'll I'll tell you this, Jess. Um, I came into this episode expecting greatness because you said that one of the truly great iconic (laughs) bull moments happens in this episode. And so I may have been like especially prepared uh, unprepared, rather, for the Kate reveal later on in the episode, because I thought maybe it happened here, when Charlie not only gets completely leveled by this bull, but we watch it happen like 20 times. They just, it's, it's like Bob Saget is suddenly warged into Anderson Cooper, and we are just like hitting like rewind and replay over and over and over again. And that's not counting all the times we personally get rewind over. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. That's why I say when you rewind on YouTube, you court death. I know that from experience. Getting rocked by a bull over and over and over again. He like flips in the air. It's terrible. They never say if money gets taken out of the pot, if the bull scores a tienta against you. (laughs) Yeah. Because that happened at least three times also. Is it possible um, that the bull is the mole? Yes. If so, I'm, I'm on bull it. patrol. Bull patrol. Bull patrol. Yeah. I call I call um, bull. I wonder mole. I wonder though if the bleeding came from him landing on the ground. Like I don't think he got gored by the bull horns, or it would have been on his legs. Yeah. It was his arms. So I think it's from landing. <laughs> on the rough ter- as if that's better landing <laughs> on the rough terrain after being flung into the air by a bull well not not only this so so charlie is going to get absolutely ravaged by the bull the bull is going to send charlie into the sky charlie is going to be sprawled out on the ground He's going to show up and Catherine is literally going to say, oh, my God, his arms are dripping with blood. Uh, And like they're going to be tending to Charlie and Charlie's like, oh, it's fine. Everything's fine. I got it right. I went. It counts. Uh, And then later that night, they're going to have a party because they're tenting out uh, by the Tienta spot. 
they're tenting there. They're camping. They're, they're roughing it. They're quote unquote <laughs> roughing it. Yeah. Yeah. Looks, With this fiesta. Looks really difficult. Uh, he's going to get schwasties with Wendy and Jennifer. They're going to get ripped and they're going to, you know, drunkenly dance all night long. And Charlie is going to like in this very like punch drunk fashion, just be like, I don't like Kate. Kate's terrible. And Kate's right there as he's saying all of this. And it's only now that I'm starting to maybe piece together. Like, is it possible that old man Charlie suffered a significant concussion and then got like viciously drunk? And maybe isn't completely in control of his faculties at this moment? Is it not impossible that this is not a man who should have been drinking or thrown into the middle of a bullfighting arena in the first place? All dangerous. Not not, not a good combination of events in any case. Maybe bad. this was before reality shows had on-site doctors. It's possible. There's no Dr. Joe here. Uh, and the future doctor is gone as well. So <laughs> can't even... <laughs> There's no help. There's no help for these people. Yeah. I don't want to uh, pass the fact that uh, they make a big meal out of Stephen being like, I want to go last. I just want to make sure you all want to do it. And so like, they're kind of hyping it up that Stephen is nervous, maybe. But Stephen just like totally destroys the bull. He like double tientas the bull. There's no drama. In He's it. got it by literally by the horns. Yeah. He's like, can I do it again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I would want to go for a third tienta. Uh, you know, I want he he got like two Tientas, but they only count the one. Um, either way, uh, this is a decisive victory for everybody. Really, lots of wins this week, even if some people suck at their jobs. Uh, but I would like to posit that it's not necessarily everybody's fault. I think some of them have uh, uh, some of them are are within their rights to to not do to not do their thing. But I um, think it's worth it's, it's worth pointing out that um, you only get extra credit for doing other people's jobs if they offer it to you ahead of time. It's true. It's true. So I feel like maybe if we wanted to make it more fair, Stephen should have gotten credit for the extra Tienta. I think so too. I think that that would have been fair. Yeah, um, it's like if been, you go last, yeah. if you want to try and get the remaining Tientas, I think you should be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to stay in the arena and get all the Tientas. I will do all five Tientas. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should have been allowed to do that. They, I mean, they do operate with that kind of mechanism. We'll see literally later this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It should just be a thing on all of them. All right. So everyone's going to get drunk. And by everyone, I mean, really mostly Charlie. Uh, I think he drank all of the alcohol that everybody else was supposed to have. You see like this great like dance montage of Wendy, Charlie and Jennifer. You know that uh, one video of like the the Eastern European kid with the big sunglasses just like dancing around and a big like rave. If you don't know the one I'm talking about, you should look it up. That (laughs) That was what Charlie was like, just like killing it on the dance floor. Uh, but then he's really uh, killing the mood at the campfire when he's just like uh, ripping into Kate and Jim's like, hey, have you ever been around people before? <laughs> Jim's like, hey, hey, Charlie, have you ever met a human being? Before? <laughs> well, I want to know what he was saying when he got bleeped out. Yeah, because I feel like it had to it couldn't have been the same word every single time. I think he probably had a couple of creative words. She's right there. Yeah. What are you doing, man? It's hurtful and unnecessary. 
I, he must still be very hot. Now they're in the desert, right? So like, <laughs> maybe it's just like the temperature is really getting to his I mean, head. The more you drink when it's hot outside, like the quicker it goes to your head. Yeah, I think the That's booze, just science. The booze is quickly going to his head. The heat is going to his head. Also, the concussion from getting <laughs> yeah. wiped out by a bull that is uh, causing him to uh, lose control of his social faculties. Um, the next day, everybody is exhausted. They've got a nice charcuterie plate. Love a charcuterie plate. plate. Um, all right. Andy Coops is going to be. All right. So, yeah. So this is this is interesting. Uh, so he's going to recruit the laundry squad. You uh, uh, need someone fearless, someone with a winning smile and one person they'll trust with their personal possessions. Um, and so this is what you're what you're both talking about when they kind of like list out criteria that is sort of nebulous. So you really kind of just have to take a leap of faith in terms of who you're going to slot into those roles moving forward. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Intentionally vague so that you don't know what you're doing, but maybe you have this trait and maybe that will be helpful. Although someone who could speak Spanish probably would have been way more helpful than having a good smile. And there is a moment in season two where they kind of, they kind of lampshade this and point out that they criteria tend to not mean anything yeah but this is also this is something you see on amazing race all the time it's like when you come to do a roadblock you open it up and it's like you know who's not afraid of heights or you know or something really clever and stupid and so i feel like maybe maybe amazing race sort of ripped this off after a fashion jennifer kind of just gets drafted into the war here uh, does not really have much of a call. Like, uh, you know, Henry raises his hand when it's someone fearless. And that's very Henry. Uh, <laughs> Charlie has the winning smile. <laughs> I think he figured that would be physically easy. I think uh-huh. it's his rationale with that. But well, I so mean, <laughs> you must have a winning smile if you manage to like abusively curse out one of your fellow competitors yeah. for an hour the night before and every, anybody is still speaking to you. Uh, the fact that like, I think even the way he does like, alright, if no one wants to be the winning smile, I'll do it. Fine. <laughs> That's Charlie gets uh, the winning smile and then somebody who they trust their personal possessions and Jennifer says, I'm not going to do anyone's laundry. And then uh, Anderson's like, okay, we've got our three. And Jennifer's like, <laughs> wait, did you guys really just pick me? And Anderson's like, yeah, they picked you. Uh, it sounds like uh, she didn't really uh, have much of a choice here. Um, and it also says that you are literally going to be doing laundry. Uh, and I love that that was what it ended up being yeah. after she said that. And I, it's almost like in real time, Anderson was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll just do that. Yeah. So the, the, the remainder of the episode is really split into these two uh, different stories. One is who's on the laundry squad and who is up for uh, a game of craps. Uh, in which all options are at least a little bit crappy. Um, I feel like the laundry storyline, there is, uh, there's less on the line here, both financially and in terms of, uh, there's not quite as much story here. They, they have to go around the city. There's all these old wash basins or just the one really that they get off the top of the, of the jump. And then they have to find, I think, seven other sites to do their laundry because there's no machines in town. There's no laundromat in town. So they need to just beg and plead with the people of Spain. Please let us use your, your laundry services. Uh, Anderson says, here's a Spanish English dictionary. I suggest you learn the word help. <laughs> Ayuda. Ayuda. Yeah, Ayuda. I got it. 
so yeah, I don't I don't know that there's too much uh, that popped out. Maybe because everything else was just so crazy to me uh, in the other storyline. Um, like really, the only thing uh, that popped out for me on the Laundry Squad. Here are a few of my notes from that. Is um, Charlie saying that if this was America and people were going door to door asking to use the laundry machine, he would call nine one one. I bet you would, sir. Uh, uh, they <laughs> he also need to call the cops. He is the cop. He is the cop. I am the law. Uh, <laughs> there's apparently the mayor of this town, Jose. Once they hook up with Jose, it's lights out. Maybe that's why there's no drama because they just find the guy. I uh, love missions where they find a local person who just takes them around to do whatever they have to do. In season two, I think they they're in a town in Italy and they have to get ingredients from people's houses and make pizzas. And they find this kid who just brilliant. takes them all over. And it's like such a good time. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's yeah. a great time, but not to bring it back to amazing race again, you used to see this all the time on that show. And then they made it against the rules and you're not allowed to do it anymore. Really? And it kills me. Why? But Why is that the case? To get help because, from locals? Yeah. Well, you can get like, you can't bring a local with you all day which was something they used to do all the time. They called it, um, they called it Fern after the first one that they met that did this and her name was Fern. And so it, it used to be a thing like you just get someone to sit in the cab with you and go all around town with you and help you find all the places. And now they said somebody can give you help on site, but you can't bring someone with you. I feel like that's, I, I guess I get that, but shouldn't your goal ultimately be whatever is, is, is fine within like the context of the of the game rules and if it's going to make good television don't you just want that like if you can recruit a character isn't that well, just, yeah isn't that just the way you want to go I don't also know. you're breaking down cultural barriers and you're connecting with the locals i feel like that's part of what makes the show great and it oh. certainly did here but on the other hand, I still feel like this was kind of the weakest segment in the whole episode. Without without a doubt. The only real drama is, oh, we forgot a pair of socks. And it's like, yeah, you'll be able to fit. You'll feel the socks just fine. Yeah, and, this is like that meme of describe your favorite movie, but make it boring. Yeah. And it's dip, like, dip we the, do the laundry and we forgot the socks. Dip the socks into some soapy water. Squeeze the socks. <laughs> dry them real fast. You're fine. You've got that. You could dry. You could wash those socks in two minutes easy. There's no drama to the socks. Yeah, it, it's it's true. Uh, uh, the one thing I did like about this was, I and it's kind of a common thread this episode of you had people that really seemed to hate each other, and then when they're forced to work together, they kind of they find some common ground and some yes. empathy for each other. And you don't see that a lot on reality TV because they want the conflict, but you see Jen and Henry by the end, they're like, yeah, this person's all right because we worked together and we figured it out and. You know, they actually did a solid, so it's all good. I think there's something to be said for winning uh, as opposed to mm. losing. So I think like now that they've pulled one off together, I think that they they feel they feel uh, it seems like that they're feeling better about each other. But it's been so topsy turvy that I'm just waiting for that to, to fall apart as soon as next week. Um, let's get to the reason why we're here. Uh, so welcome to the church, the church of sin. <laughs> Uh, where they, they take them to a church where there's a craps table where they have this, uh, this, this, this single die that you could like bash somebody's skull in with. Like you could commit murder with this object. It's huge. It's this gigantic blood soaked die that you could just smash someone with. And the game is this. 
Roll a one, two, or three, and you get a quote unquote. And Jessen Zed could attest, I am quote unquoting <laughs> an air, a simple assignment. Uh, if you get a four, five, or six, it's an unpleasant assignment. And I think it probably should have been a one, two, three is an unpleasant assignment, and a four, five, six is like a disastrous assignment. Because um, nothing here is great. There are no real great options in this one. Um, so if you roll one through three, you have to do one thing. If you roll four through six, you do the other. Three out of five people have to succeed. And if they succeed, $40,000 goes into the pot. So the stakes are high. They're all going to be taken one at a time uh, to roll the dice. And nobody's going to know. Um, everyone will know what everyone's options were. Nobody will know which option they landed on. And nobody will know whether or not they succeeded. So none of that information is feeding into whether or not anyone does their successive task other than they can kind of like guess. Like if they hear that Steven's odds were he's either going to have to paint a nude portrait or pose nude, they can like sort of guess like, all right, well, the odds are uh, he's probably not posing naked. So uh, we probably have lost this round. Um, Steven is indeed going to roll the dice. He is going to have to pose nude. Uh, and it is a very awkward conversation with him and Andy Coops is, uh, Stephen is very upset and Anderson Cooper goes, uh, well, as, as the rules state, uh, you do have to pose nude. Uh, and so Steve, Steven says like, all right, I'll do it. He's not gonna, but he, at least he's gonna, he's gonna give it the college try. He's gonna explore it. He's gonna be taken to this, this, uh, local artist who has the, the red velvet couch where he draws you like one of his French girls. <laughs> Uh, and Steven's going to take like one look at the casting couch and be like, no, no, not happening. I'm out. Can't do this. And I just want to point out that when we do finally see one of these nude portraits, anything completely, anything remotely objectionable is covered up by a little drape of fabric. So I don't know what Steven's problem was. These yeah. nude portraits are done the way I like to do my podcasts with a blanket on. Uh, it's like, it's very tasteful. It's it's really not nude at all by my definition. Yeah, you're like fully covered up. It's PG at best. You know, you're naked under a blanket, but if you've got a blanket on, you're not naked. That's I guess true. it's very contexted, you know. Yeah, I don't know if that would hold up in court, but... <laughs> I was just like hearing what I had said out loud. I was like, ah! <laughs> I think under I think completely out of context it's not okay, but anytime you add an iota of context, yeah. I think it's okay. With with some context, maybe. All right. Yeah, so but Steven, I, I thought it was interesting that Steve uh, that Steven didn't have like his objection seemed to be around his body insecurity. I'm like, Steven, you look like you're in a boy band. You're all right. And he's like, if I had Henry's body, maybe I'd do it. Yeah, he didn't want to do it. Uh all right. Well, Steven, that's your choice. So Steven's gonna choose not to do it. I I had some questions about Jim here. So Jim, Jim has to either cast one leg or both legs. And he has only until tomorrow uh, that he has to, that he has to do it. And he's going to roll. Uh, he doesn't like either of the options. He's going to throw some shade at, at Anderson and be like, they're both unpleasant options. And there's like, oh, slow, it's the game. I was it's really, one of them twice as unpleasant. <laughs> I, I was really happy that Jim at least was like, listen, this is both both of these are terrible choices, um, but he's going to not even roll the dice. Anderson's going to hand him the die and he's just going to drop it. And so it lands on a five. Uh, so he has to he has to get double cast. And there's this like great Curb Your Enthusiasm music playing as he goes to to get the casts on. 
And Anderson Cooper reports back to the loft where everybody's waiting for their waiting for their turn at the craps table and tells them, yeah, so uh, Jim either has to get a cast on one leg or a cast on both legs. And Catherine has a couple of these moments where she goes, forever? (laughs) (laughs) You will wear this cast until the end of time. Until the end of time. You will be naked forever. Forever? Um, She goes next. Her choices are dye your hair or shave your head. Uh, Catherine's getting married in four months. Uh, shaving her head is a non-starter. So when she lands on shaving her head, she's like, yeah, so no. Um, if she's the mole, as I suspect she may be, I just don't trust Catherine. Um, I think like this would be one where it's like very excusable. Like, yeah, she's getting married in four months. She didn't have to shave her head. Um, Wendy's gonna, uh, roll a four, five, six to get blocked up into a stockade which she has to wear until tomorrow. And Wendy's a boss, and Wendy's like, yeah, I'll do that. I love this interaction when she gets there, and she's like, do you know why I'm here? (laughs) And the guy just gets up, and he's like, I mean, I know why. I don't understand I don't understand why why I've been paid to put you in a stockade. But But I I am aware aware of what you are here. That is what's about to happen. Everyone's got their thing, okay? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she's like, I'm just trying it on. I'm just trying it on. You're not gonna you're not gonna lock it, right? Like like we're feeling it out. Yeah, and he's like, Yeah, no, we're not we're not gonna lock it as he's locking the stockade. <laughs> at which point she's just locked in. She's locked into the stockade. I, I do have in my notes at this point um how Anderson Cooper ever chose to move on from the mole uh is beyond me. Um after this uh challenge, I think I would have stayed on the show forever. This is pretty great. This is, this is great. like he must like, have known be getting paid to have more fun no. than doing that. I don't he must think. have known it was television gold as it was happening. Yeah, but he just had. He's like, I have a calling to put my supreme talents to like actual good use. But this has been a lovely jaunt. Uh, you know, like I think we are blessed to apparently have two seasons of Anderson Cooper leading us through this. I really feel like every so often Anderson should just take some time off from his very important job. And just like, instead of going on vacation, like go shoot another season of a reality show. I, he is an excellent, exceptional, fun, empathetic reality TV host. He's terrific. He's be- best in the game. Best in the game is Andy Coops here in the mall. He shows up fully for him. You know, he's world class. He's world class. He is world class. Uh, all right. So Kate, all right, here's a twist. You're the last one up. Your deal is if you do all four of the assignments, you not only will win $40,000 for the pot, but you will also be exempt from the quiz. No way you will be able to be executed. But you have to roll on all of the things that everybody else has done. Um, So Kate, who Charlie has put on blast earlier in the episode because she wouldn't put the AC on blast, uh, has to be painted nude has to get casts on both of her legs. She must dye her hair and she must attach a ball and chain to herself. Uh, and we're left with the with the drama. If, uh, is she going to do this? Because at this point, we know Stephen has not done his, his thing uh, and Catherine has not done hers. We believe that Wendy is probably in the stockade and we're pretty sure that Jim has gone ahead and done the casts. I don't think we know at this point that he hasn't. But as everybody shows up to the town square, uh, the middle of a small Spanish town's town square, uh, where the laundry team is getting lit because they did a job well done, even if Charlie is, uh, quote unquote, very chagrined 
at only getting ten thousand dollars for the laundry drawer. It does uh, feel like a that like that's a long day of a lot of work for, for but, on the scale um, of the mole money, uh, only ten thousand yeah. dollars. On the other hand, when in your life are you ever gonna mm-hmm. get paid ten thousand dollars to do laundry? Never I can't, I can't wait. If that happens, I am quitting the podcasting game. 10k per load. I'm ready to go. Uh, so yeah, they they're upset that uh, they only are getting 10k for this, and then people start showing up. Steven shows up. He's like, yeah, I couldn't do it. I got nervous. Stop laughing at me. Uh, Jennifer is really upset about everybody. Um, Jim shows up and he's just like hopping in. Hey, like Jim, you couldn't get two casts on your legs. So now I am uh, a little suspicious. A little bit suspicious of Jim. Although Jim, who I think has been shown to be sort of like the most game body of the people, uh, it feels like to me that this could be intentional. Like, uh, look at me. Uh, I'm trying to throw this one because I think the casts on the legs and you only have to do it until tomorrow. You can get the casts on the legs. Just, you know, roll yourself to the small Spanish town square uh for a day like i think well and it's also evidently like only up to the knee it's not it's not full legs you can't bend your knees can't walk as we will later see (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah as we see here because Catherine shows up she didn't shave her head i think everyone's like okay all right so one person's like i want to shave my head uh Catherine's not going to do it and then wendy comes lumbering in (laughs) the stockade she's in the stocks they like they're like oh we got to get her comfortable they like put her in two chairs anderson cooper shows up with the line of the episode saying sitting in the middle of a small spanish town in a stockade is very very sad um, <laughs> indeed it is the saddest of looks especially in contrast to mother effing kate who shows up like iron man in mark 1 armor uh just like appearing as a silhouette on the hill limping through with the ball and chain, the green hair and two casts as we see this incredible montage of like yeah, Kate signed on for all of it did everything Leonardo DiCaprio drew her like one of his French girls, she was the woman in the iron mask, she's showing up she's here and I am screaming at my computer, I was dying, I thought it was the funniest thing I had seen in so long and if you're just listening to Mole Patrol and you're not watching the show and you Yet you haven't seen it before. I implore you, you gotta see it for yourself. It's just spectacular. A top reality TV moment as far as all of the reality TV I have seen. And I've watched Tool Academy. Well, there's our weekly reference to Tool Academy. Had to bring it up. Committed to the bit. Uh, I love Wendy being like, I'm a little sad that no one is psyched that I was in the stockade. That's legit. Because, like, Anderson was a little bit. <laughs> like no, it's like <laughs> Wendy's getting no love for being in the poor stockade. Uh she's like, I'm a little sad that no one is calling me a hero, but all right. Um Midnight strikes and the the carriage turns back into a pumpkin and uh and Charlie's got the bolt cutters <laughs> that Anderson breaks out first. And <laughs> Anderson Cooper holding uh bolt cutters is definitely uh iconic. Uh, but Charlie bolt cuts the casts off of Kate's legs. He's like, I've kind of changed my mind about it. Too late, man. You said what you said. We heard it. We heard everything. Every Except last the bleeped word. out parts. Except the bleeped yeah, out parts. Yeah, we didn't hear those. Yeah. Um, 
All right, so it's time for the quiz, and Charlie is, as usual, uh, dressed uh, dressed up like he is. Uh, he is at his nephew's wedding. Uh, he's got like the the blazer and the blue button down, and the khakis and the glasses that you never see him wearing in any other context. Um, so Henry is thinking uh, maybe Wendy. She's part of the backgrounds. Uh, she's she's not taking a lot of notes, and then that maybe tips you off to the fact of why Wendy's not going to survive this round. Maybe she should have taken more notes. Uh, she thought Kate was the mole at first. Now she's skeptical of Kate. Uh, Charlie, even though he says, like, Kate's cool, uh, but she's the mole. Uh, so Charlie thinks, like, this is a good throw-off if she's the mole. Uh, she's throwing us off the scent. And it would be good strategy. Uh, it would be good strategy. If Kate is the mole and she did all of this, then she is a legend. She's already a legend, but she's, like, four times a legend. If, if she's It's also a rare opportunity where getting an exemption also earns money for the pot. I can't think of any other time or maybe one other time where that's a possibility. Yeah. yeah it was really, really, if you're getting, a, if you're getting an exemption, you're also harming the group. Okay. Yeah. And this was something that, that was kind of what I, I had elevated this in my head to like uber legendary moment in all of reality TV history, which it still is. But in my head, I had thought that she had, kind of volunteered to do this for the good of the group. And what actually happened was this opportunity was offered to her and she also got an exemption. And I had forgotten those two things about it, which kind of makes it a little bit less legendary than I had remembered, but still iconic. She rolls up with two casts on and a ball of chain around her ankle and green hair. (laughs) Can you go to the... You go to the blacksmith or whatever that guy's job is, and you're like, okay, so we need a ball and chain, but it no, it has to be bigger. Yeah. No, it's not going to fit. Triple XL. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, everyone has all of these different things that they're suspecting. Jim's like, yeah, I could be the bowl. Uh, <laughs> Jen thinks maybe it's Steve because he didn't want to get nakes. Uh, Steve doesn't really tell us what he's thinking other than I'm just going to practice some meditative breathing and I'll be okay. And so now I really do want to believe that Steven is the mole and he's just hyper anxious about it. Uh, I think it's a great storyline to follow if that is the case. But I don't uh, want to be the mole. I don't want to be the mole. I just wanted to play. Uh, man, I think that that would probably be me. I'd be like, oh no, oh, the mole, too much pressure. Um, all right, so we go through the list. Henry volunteers to go first. He's green, Steven's green, Jim's green, Wendy's red, red, red. Bad way to go. Uh, walked out in the stockade. At least she's got the stockade off. Um, but that's a tough. That's a tough episode for Wendy to go home on after she wore a stockade for at least like you want to call that six hours for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we? I, I want to rewind the tape here because I think once Wendy ascertained that the rest of the group had not done her tasks, I think she was free to remove the stockade. yeah when they're when they're cutting off kate's casts plural uh there is a shot of wendy it's like right after anderson is showing okay it's 1204 the day is over um and she's not wearing it yeah that was what i thought she was still in there for you know a length of time that was the afternoon if Any were, amount of time. If you were in a stockade lumbering down the street for five minutes, that's five minutes too long. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. uh, so a raw deal. I'm sad. I liked Wendy a lot. Uh, and uh, she was great in this episode. Uh, this episode of The Mole was unbelievable. 
Uh, just so many incredible things happened. Like someone got thrown into the stocks and executed on the mole. That is a thing that happened for sure. Yep, and not to mention uh, thrown in the air with Bible. <laughs> Lest we forget. You know, I missed that. I think I got to go back and... Uh, yeah, I need to go watch it about 10 more times. <laughs> play the tape. What is, what is the Simpsons Han, Hans Molman getting hit in the junk with a football? It was like that. <laughs> it was yeah. like this, this wins an award for sure. This is definitely an award winning. Um, all right. Well, that's episode three of The Mole, which takes us into episode three of The Mole Patrol quiz, Jessica Lees. Okay, well, we're doing things a little bit differently this week. There are no winners and losers this week. There are no right and wrong answers. Oh, God. Because inspired by this week's episode, we are going to do a little rolling of the dice ourselves. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. What I have here. I'm not getting naked on a podcast. Well, nobody can see you, Josh. I'm not doing it. $4,500 patrons. I'm not doing it. We're boosting up the tiers. That's going to be a six-figure entry fee, at least. Yep. yep, I think so. Well, we're looking for that wealthy patron, so yeah. who wants to see Josh roll the dice and get naked? Give us $75,000 and we'll make it Higher, happen. higher. Bat a zero onto that. All right. And, that, and then I'm in. Then I'm in. Then I think I'm in. How about just the shirt for $75,000? i would consider it. Okay. I'd think. think about it. I, think. I know you can be bought. I'm definitely buyable. We just need to get to the right figure. <laughs> yeah, I've, that's a punchline to a really tasteless joke I've heard. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. All okay. Right. What are we so, doing? What are you making us do? It, this is actually not too bad because I'm not going to make you actually do the things. Well, Anderson just, didn't think the things were that bad either. <laughs> I'm just going to have you weigh the merits of these two things. And you can decide what you think is the better outcome. And then we roll the dice and we okay. just, and we see who wins. Okay. All right. Okay. So you don't actually, you don't actually have to watch any of these shows, but what we're going to give you is a choice between two real reality shows that really aired on the air. Okay. And then we're going to roll the dice. We're going to roll the one die because it's just one. Um, we're going to roll the die and see which one you would theoretically have to watch. Okay. So that being said, I have three, I have three of these pairs here. And we will talk about what is the better or worse option, both to watch and to be on. And to podcast about? And to podcast about, sure. Yeah. You know, this is something we could consider for a fundraiser later. We, if we raise a certain <laughs> amount of money, oh, we will watch any reality show as chosen by the listeners. Uh, just let the record reflect that Brooklyn Zed nor myself have agreed to Jessica Lee's terms. Also, I stole this some from of, another podcast. Some of, some of those trash shows from the weeks previous, we are not touching. Look, yeah. Extra Hot Great does this all the time. and They get people to pay them to watch random episodes of random shows and I think it's a, I think it's a moneymaker. I think we okay. should put this on the table. Alright. So, all right. All right. so your, your first pair of shows on this first roll, if we roll a one, two, or three, you would be watching Fire Me Please, uh-huh. <laughs> a show that aired on CBS on a major network in 2005. And the premise of this show is two contestants get hired at a retail job with the goal of getting fired from that job as close to 3 p.m. as possible. Okay. Here's what pushes it over the edge. Notably, this was the first network reality show with a laugh track. Oh, God. Oh. Okay. All right. If I mean, that's going to break the reality, but sure. Yeah, a little bit. 
if you roll a four, five, or six, you would be watching I Want to Be a Soap Star, which aired in 2004 on SoapNet. And it's a pretty simple premise. Twelve aspiring actors participate in a range of challenges with the goal of landing a role on General Hospital. Ooh, you could be on with the future doctor. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I think that probably the soap one feels like so much of a commitment. Whereas the I want to get fired by 3 p.m. in the afternoon is literally not even a full day of work. Yeah, there's no continuity either. So you could be in for one episode. And if you're unsuccessful or you're successful on that show, you're very likely not to be remembered, you know, 17 years later, 15 years later for for that. But if you go on, so you want to be a soap star and you you crush it, you're Dr. Drake Ramore for the rest (laughs) of your life. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I want that. So, I feel like if that had been what actually happened, we would probably still know about this show. Yeah, that's probably true. Oh, well, we don't know about the soaps. I don't know. Zed, are you big on the soaps? Not at all, yeah. even a little bit. Which one would you do, given the choice? Uh, given the choice, absolutely. The fire me, please. I've worked in retail. I have worked plenty of customer service jobs. And that sounds like a dream Worst, to yeah. watch, to yeah. do, to talk about. Yeah. Any of them, happily. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's a cathartic if you've ever worked in retail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. that'd be fun. That'd be fun. All right, so I'm going to roll a virtual die to see which one you guys would have to watch and or appear on. Okay. And you rolled, you rolled a six. So okay, so we got to. I want to be a soap. Star. Oh, so I think I want to be a soap star is better podcasting. You know, probably. there's probably yeah. a storyline that you're following. Right. If it's a soap, then like the stories are probably very elaborate. You know, so there's yeah. like a lot to track. It could be true. very Game of Thronesy end in that way. Is that a um, good thing? Uh, until the end, uh, arguably. Um, I think it's probably better podcasting. Generally, although like there could there is something to be said for just doing the one off. The uh, pressure is a little bit off. Uh, so I I think that we uh, we lost this round. Said would be my feeling on the matter. I mean, we could do it, but but I think the other option was we, would be the more enjoyable option. Do we, do we want to do it? I think is a no. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the Game next one. one. This, this is a real. This is a real Rafe's choice here. This is going to be. This one's going to be rough. I got to warn you. Oh God. All right. So this round, if you roll a one, two, or three, you um. You would be watching Endor podcasting Endor appearing on Bromance, a show that aired in 2008 on MTV. <laughs> shaking their heads so hard. <laughs> it's not happening. Oh, you haven't even heard what the show is about yet. I know. <laughs> haven't even heard. Continue. It's it's so great. It's right. it's. I can't believe the show is not on every year. It's like 12 years later. It should still be on. <laughs> okay. Nine young men compete for a chance to win Toyota Scion, a rent-free penthouse in L.A., and the biggest prize of all, a spot in Brody Jenner's entourage. Oh. Oh, my. Stars and garters. <laughs> that, the uh, look on your face is just... <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like it anymore after you told me what it was. Uh, I don't know who Brody Jenner is. I don't think I probably want to know. No, I'm out on this. He's in a uh, Kardashian... Yeah, Kardashian adjacent. Kardashian adjacent. adjacent. Keep your scion. I want nothing to do with that tiny (laughs) car. It's a scion, Josh. Yeah, keep that tiny car out of here. It's like a toaster. It does. I had a friend in college who rocked a scion. Uh, We had a lot to say about that vehicle. 
Yes, yes, yeah. indeed. But all due respect I, to you, Scion owners out there. I'm just going to point out that's the one, two, or three option. Uh, I yeah, can't wait uh, for you to hear the four, five, or six option. All right, here we go. If you roll a four, five, or six on this, we get Ivana Young Man, which aired in 2006 on Oxygen. Host Ivana Trump. All right, bromance. Bromance. <laughs> Let's go, bromance. Here we go. Ooh, it's bad. Right, it's let's really get that scion. I we haven't even heard what the show is about. Don't need, need to. Know. Don't need to. Roll the dice. Roll the dice. Let it rip. Well, the premise is she helps a single 40-year-old woman find true love from a pool of younger men. Because <sighs> being 40 is basically like one That's foot in the grave. You're an yeah, old you're, woman. You're done. Yep. You're yep. done. You've used yep. up all of your vitality. Yeah, throw, throw you in the trash. That's what happens. Yeah, throw you in the trash. All you have left is to make up fake quizzes about reality. That's it. Your host. potential has been used, and you're done. That's it. Clearly, yeah. Oh so God. the the thing that made this show really special is that one of the contestants is actually Ivana's 27 year old boyfriend, who serves as a spy and delivers information to Ivana and the protagonist. <sighs> yeah, I, I think that's the- so manipulative and gross. Yeah. Why is there a spy? It's a television show. But there's been, this is a, well, why is there a mole? Come on. Yes, but if you are ostensibly trying to help a human being find love on one of these shows, I don't watch any of them. I've never watched The Bachelor, Bachelorette, whatever, either. But if you're ostensibly trying to help this human being find love, you have cameras. They know what's going on. Why do you need a person inside the game reporting other information because they don't get to see what's on the cameras like this is something they've done on the bachelor before like they've had a they've had a mole in the house that comes back to the bachelor and says this person's not in it for the right reasons like this person's talking crap about the other contestants like that's it's a thing that happens yeah. uh, but i don't think that's the worst thing about this show by any stretch yeah um, stragoy is all i have to say about yeah. it all right, so should we roll the dice? Yeah, one, yeah. two, or three. Let's go, bromance. Oh, God. You got five. Womp, womp. It's just like the mole dice. I think, <laughs> yeah. it's, I think it's weighted. And uh, yeah, it, it's rigged. Yeah. All right, so we, we have one more. One more for you, and this is just an excuse for me to bring up one of my favorite pieces of trivia from the world of reality television. One more time. I know it's come up before on this podcast, but anyway... You roll one, two, or three on this round. You get Mr. Romance, which aired in 2005 on the Oxygen Channel. Again, clearly a hub of great content. Mm. In this competition show created by none other than Gene Simmons and hosted by none other than Fabio, 12 men attend Romance Academy and vie for a chance to be crowned Mr. Romance and appear (laughs) on the cover of a romance novel. I'm kind of into this. I think I would be great on the cover of a romance novel. I think I would you just, would. This is the pose. You ready? <laughs> I think I'd look very good. The $4,500 yeah, patrons all agree. That's wonderful. It'd be yeah, good, I, right? I, you nailed it. You're already yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Very nice. I think I'd be very, very handsome on a cover of a romance novel. I think that'd be one of my best looks. I'm feeling very body positive these days because my avatar on Animal Crossing is looking so good. Uh, so if I could look that good on a romance cover, novel cover, I think maybe we could just put your avatar on the romance cover. I think so. There you I, go. I could rock overalls. Apparently, I didn't know this. <laughs> it's a good look. It, it's, it's it's a it's a rare person who can pull off overalls. Yeah, well, Animal Crossing me can do it. Amazing. All right, so if you roll four, four, five, or six, you get Mister Personality, 
maybe my all-time favorite reality show of the early aughts. 2003 on the Fox Network. Monica Lewinsky hosts this dating show. <laughs> wow. I'm not kidding. This was a thing that happened. Oh, man. In which a single woman named Haley gets to know 20 eligible bachelors, eliminating a few each week as she searches for her perfect match. The twist. Each of the men wears a Lucha Libre-style mask, meaning Haley's judgments are supposedly based entirely on their personalities rather than their looks. It was creepy AF. Yeah, that sounds a little terrifying. I think the luchador masks, that's such a specific choice. Yeah. You know, I think think masked television does evolve beyond, uh, you know, appropriating just one culture, you know? (laughs) I mean, they never explicitly said they were luchador masks, Uh, but that uh, is what they looked like to me, 100%. But I think it would be better if it was, like, married with the sensibilities of the masked singer, so, like, one of your prospective Mr. Personalities is the frog. Oh my know? gosh. You uh, put him in the full furry suits. Yeah. This would attract a whole extra element of viewers. This is a great idea. This is a moneymaker is the mask singer as a dating show. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if uh, Liana and Puya have already floated this idea out, but if they haven't, they need to hit up their contacts and make some money. Oh my God, you're right. You are a genius, Josh. This needs to happen. I would watch this. I would podcast about this. I would too. That sounds fun. Also, right, well, just as a side note, Monica Lewinsky is a great Twitter follow. If you are not really, really. her sense of humor and like self awareness is so funny. The decision is being made as we speak. <laughs> yeah, she is great. Logging into Twitter, searches for Monica Lewinsky. Notes that he must explain this to his wife later. <laughs> it's follow. There we go. All right, let's roll the dice. All right, we're rolling the dice. You rolled a six, so we we we're going to we're watching time. Monica Lewinsky. All right, yeah. so I'm I'm getting my wombat costume together. Uh, the wombat is arriving on Mr. Personality. All Watch out, world. Yep, I, I'm here for it. I, yeah. I would resurrect this show right now, and I think Monica should still be the host. Send it to Samoa. <laughs> Send it to Samoa. It's going to Samoa. All right, so that's our segment this week. Next week, we'll be back to the usual guess the fake, but I thought this was, uh, I want to give a shout out to the Brooklyn Zed Stan account who suggested <laughs> that this would be a fun way to shake things up this yeah, week. Yeah, I like it. I like it for sure. Uh, how about this for a way to shake things up? Uh, apparently, uh, inspired by the wand off, we have some, some mole wand offs to, to listen to. This is a nice surprise that came into my inbox about two minutes before we popped onto the podcast. Jess, what's happening here? Um, apparently, people saw Josh Wiggler is on a podcast <laughs> and decided that that means we send songs. Yeah. Uh, look, I don't know if you think that this is the way that you get a hat, uh, but I'm not shipping anything right now uh, unless it's in uh, wand off proper. But if you've got some mole wand offs, uh, I don't think that we I don't think we've got the bandwidth to go full wand off here on Mole Patrol. But every once in a while, a spontaneous song parody I am here for. I mean, much like being the mole, I feel like getting your mole parody song played on the Mole Patrol podcast is really its own reward. <laughs> <laughs> Satisfaction of a job well done. Of a job well done. All right. Well, we will determine whether a job well done has been done here as we are going to listen to two song parodies. Uh, this first one 
who's 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 this by Jess? This is by Who Hears a Horton, okay. um, who I believe is also a Wandoff contributor, and they have suggested to us that um, they just had this in their head and it needed to come out. And it is two and a half minutes long. I don't believe we need to play the whole thing, but I think I think you'll enjoy however much of it we play. Cool. We're going to play the full thing. All right, here it goes. <laughs> Who here is a Horton with Hey There, Josh Wiggler? Hey there, Josh Wiggler. This new podcast is all wrong. We think it's missing something, so we chose to write a song and send it in. <laughs> Moloff competition should be thin. <laughs> we just might win. It's not a contest. Hey there, Josh Wiggler. <laughs> What'd you think of episode two? I can't believe I loved they it. kidnapped Stephen. A felony's a new move for a show. <laughs> Sure, he's got boy band hair, but whoa, that's a low blow. Mo, what you do to Steve? <laughs> really good. Mo, what you do to Steve? Mo, what you do to Steve? He's in con, it's pretty far, but we've got copters, boats, and cars. We'd walk to him if we had no other way. Stephen, we can promise you that by the time two hours is through, we'll add 50 G's to our payday. <laughs> Not quite. But we waste time in Monaco. Jim has the keys. Where did Jennifer go? I can't believe we're going to lose this game. Now who's to blame? Hey there, Josh Wiggler. Well, we hope you like this entry. The lyrics may be subpar, the singing rudimentary, it's Oh, oh no, very good. No way. We just want to impress you. You can send a prize if you want to. <laughs> hey there, Josh Wiggler, here's to you. This one's for you. Oh, send that hat to me. <laughs> Naked pandering. Oh, send that hat to me. Oh, send that hat to me. Send that hat to me. Wow. And that was... Yeah, I don't have the thing. I can't do the Casey Kasem voice right now. Uh, that was DJ with Bell Klein, I believe. And that was... Uh, <laughs> That was tremendous. And so DJ LK has enough hats to, to, to see him through for quite a while. I should say, in addition to crafting a terrific mole wand off, uh, DJ LK is hooking me up with quizzes to take after watching each episode of the mole to track my progress throughout the season of me tracking the mole. And I think we'll, we'll reveal the results of that toward the end of the season, uh, aka at the end of the season. So I, I, I can't wait. I am taking quizzes. I think that they will be better revealed for, for the end of the podcast. Um, not to be outdone. Uh, DJ LaBelle Klein is not the only person who submitted a mole wand off this week. Uh, what's this other one that we have? We have two mole wand offs this week. This is the second of two, Jess. Yes, uh, we, we got two and we didn't ask for these, but <laughs> <laughs> can I just go on record as saying that if we don't get many wand offs for next week, It'll be very sad because I feel like Kate deserves it. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> yeah, after what just happened, for sure. Yeah, uh, Kate Nation. I get, do, get going. I do think Kate Nation should show up, uh, <laughs> given given this. All right, so here is uh, Unbegettable. This is coming our way from, from who, Jess? This comes from Ben Martell. Ah, the Ben behind the curtain. I see you, Ben. All right, down the hatch. So let's listen to Unbegettable. <laughs> I'm dedicating this one to Anderson Cooper. <laughs> Unbegettable. <laughs> That's what you are. Wow. As back to the car. <laughs> you eat crepes at a dragon yawn cafe, looking chic and wearing Cartier <laughs> <laughs> while pushing. Execute. <laughs> You're not telling them from your chateau that there's a map to come in their battle. <laughs> Surely you're debtable. <laughs> no interview would be regrettable. Agreed. Yes. I just said, and Josh unforgettable. Yes. Oh. oh. Heartwarming. Wow. The bend behind the curtain with some secret pipes. Who knew? This was fantastic. What a oh treat. my god! Uh, I guess uh, I've been trying to be cagey about this, but uh, spoiler alert: the Ben behind the curtain will be uh, appearing on Lost Down the Hatch Ooh. later this week, alongside myself and John Kraus for a Lost book club while Mike Bloom is moving. Uh, so we are we're d- taking a detour this week on Down the Hatch. Should be a really fun show. Really excited for Ben to, as he likes to say, decurtain. Uh, he shall be decurtaining. Uh, yeah. Uh, Removing the blanket. Yeah. Full, full, full nude pose. Uh, We're going to have Ben on the podcast. I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, this is great. Uh, this this show is uh, unforgettable. Uh, and Mole Patrol, hopefully, for those of you who have found us and who are continuing to find us, we hope that this is an unforgettable ride for you as well. Brooklyn Zed is at Hard Rock Hope on the Twitter bots. Jess is at Haymaker Hattie. I'm at Round Howard. Our email address, Mole Patrol at RobHasAWebsite.com. We are Mole Patrol, and we will be back next week with Season 1, Episode 4. Anything else? No, that's it. We're shaking our heads. We're done. We're picking up our ball and chain and leaving. <laughs> Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.